if I had stayed in one place at one time and been bored, I would not have picked up the skill set that I have today. From the Understood Podcast Network, this is How'd You Get That Job? A podcast that explores the unique and often unexpected career paths of people with learning and thinking differences. My name is Eleni Matteo, and I'm a user researcher here at Understood. That means I spend a lot of time thinking about how we find jobs we love that reflect how we learn and who we are. I'll be your host. Rachel Basoko is our next guest. Rachel has ADHD. Her passion is community building, and she does this in her two jobs in two very different industries. She's a full-time director of advancement and growth for digital communities at Fidelity, a financial company. She also works part-time for 1111 Media, Paris Hilton's company, working on building their Web3 community. Rachel was only diagnosed with ADHD in the last two years. We reflect together on how some of her past experiences shaped her self-image and how things like boredom taught her to pay attention to what ignites her and also guided her to seek the supports and positions that make her shine. Let's hear from her about how she builds her work to work for her. Super excited to have you on the show, Rachel. I know. Yay. Yay. Exciting to talk this way. (laughs) I know. Um, We actually haven't talked that much about work, um, which is funny. I feel like I have a bunch of friends in New York City where like it literally took me over a year to even find out what their day job was. Yeah. There's just so many other things to talk about. So this is exciting. Rachel is a friend from New York City. Um, We know each other from overlapping communities. And so I feel like it's very appropriate that we're going to talk about community and community building um, in our conversation. You know, I know that you're doing two jobs at the moment. So maybe you could just tell us a little bit about them. Yeah, definitely. Um, Exactly what what you said. Work two jobs. Um, I'm always kind of picking up jobs here and there. I mean, I think that is just the way my brain works is something's exciting and new. What can I do? Can I jump in? Um, But I do need structure in my life. So I work two roles. My full-time role is at Fidelity. Um, I am the Director of Advancement and Growth for Digital Communities there, extensively helping to build um, a digital peer-to-peer space and community for financial wealth advisors, kind of creating that space for them to find that sense of belonging amongst one another in this digital space, because there really isn't um, something like that at end of the size that we're looking to build it. Um, And then part-time. So every week I go in and I've been building out the digital presence and digital community for uh, Paris Hilton. So I am the Web3 community manager there, um, really kind of maintaining that community on Discord, um, working with our VP of growth to design uh, really how we're moving this Paris Hilton audience. And so those are the two roles that I have. I I kind of joke, I'm the finance boyfriend and the finance boyfriend's girlfriend. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That like I can, uh, during the day I'm on calls talking about the market and capital gains. And then in the afternoons, I'm talking about you know the simple life and glitter and, uh, you know, unicorns and rainbows. And so um, I really love that kind of duality <laughs> of my day, my day jobs. Yeah, it really is polar opposite. It's great. I love it. I would love to hear a little bit more about like how this setup, you know, works for you. Like, what do you like about it? Um, like, how does it How does it relate to like how your brain works? Definitely. I mean, so I think something that's been really super helpful in both of these roles is I've just had like massive 
over communication with my managers like and there are boundaries that I have in place like I don't do calls before 9 a.m. because I am a night owl and I need to be a night owl and I need to be able to work kind of like the way that I work because sometimes my day might look like on paper like most people do like an eight you know eight to five or a nine to five you know right I can't work that way I need to take breaks I need moments where it's a I, I stop doing what I'm doing and can focus on something else so that when I come back to it it's now exciting again um, because I get very bored <laughs> very quickly so you know <laughs> a typical day for me and the way that I've structured it might look like hey I have two or three meetings but for the rest of that I, that day is like open space that I actually do block off on my calendar as like focus time. You get to decide is that focus time being used for a Paris project or a fidelity project. And that really depends on the priorities, but it allows me to kind of go back and forth between them without getting bored with one of them. Um, oftentimes when I find that I've been bored with a certain task, um, I just like can't focus. I'm logged off like in my brain. I might be logged on and like green on the computer, right? But I am not putting in my best energy. I'm not putting in my best effort. I can't be as productive as I'd like to be. And so it's honestly strange to be like, hi, Rachel brain to be more productive. You actually need to like stop doing the things that (laughs) that are boring you and do something else that's exciting. And so it's really nice to kind of make that balance. Did it take some time for you to figure out that this is the kind of work situation that worked best for you? Like what what led to that? I think, yes. I mean, honestly, now what I'm thinking about just like my past roles where I was losing my mind of boredom. Nothing was exciting. Nothing was new. I was like sitting in this room, like in the office from like eight to five. And then like everyone would leave. And then I'd, I'm like, I didn't get anything done today. <laughs> um, and ultimately what ended up happening is like I was so bored at my job. I was like making my own like I started building my own company on the side and so like I ended up building um the first online marketplace made by and for Latinas that's amazing um because I was just like I'm bored and like I hate I saw you I used to work in fashion and I was like I hate what I'm doing right now like I'd really love to see I'd really love to create this online community and space where people can buy things made by and for Latinas and we can talk about what does it mean to be Latina and like have in-person events. And so honestly, I got into community because I was so bored at my job that and <laughs> needed create I needed a creative outlet and I needed something else to do. That's what I was telling you. Like if I don't structure if I don't have two things to do, my brain will just do it. It'll just like start create something else. <laughs> yeah. It'll just be like, let's do something else. Let's try something else. Yeah. Cause I was wondering like if there were any tools and strategies that you kind of needed day to day to support with any challenges mm. that maybe you need less so now that you found like this environment. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think like I will work later in the afternoons or evenings during the week. And so I think having a work from home or a more flexible work schedule has been helpful for me in that because um, it allows me to tap into my most like productive, creative focus times. Like honestly, like putting the hours to 7 p.m. and like 11 p.m., I'm probably the most focused I am all day. Um, and so mm-hmm. if, yeah, I could just like sit and like hammer out like a lot, like super focused. Uh, but between the hours of probably 2 p.m. and 4 p.m., I am, I'm always like, I'm useless right now. Like, <laughs> There's not much I can do to like jumpstart that um, unless it's something that's new and exciting. And I have to kind of create a, again, that faux 
excitement around it. The tools and resources are really just like a learning how to structure my day so that it works for me and I can be productive. Um, but B, also being able to communicate with my team and managers and people I work with um, and and having some some firm boundaries, which I think took me a while to figure out. I, I mean, I wasn't diagnosed with ADHD until about a year and a half ago, two years ago. Um, and so I didn't know. <laughs> I just thought I was like, there's something wrong with me. Uh, why can't I? Be, <laughs> why can't why can't I do this like everybody else? And it's actually no, no, no. Like I can. It just needs to be in this structure, in this format. Yeah. Yeah. How has the diagnosis um, changed the way that you perceive yourself and your challenges? Yeah. I think oftentimes as a kid, uh, especially as as a young girl, now looking back, it's like obviously I had ADHD, but it was just your chatty Kathy. Like I had a book like when I was in first grade that was like my talking book so when I talked out of turn my teacher had to like write this thing and to come back home with this like talking book like Rachel talks too much in class Rachel does you know <laughs> you know very like was I was me. yeah like I wasn't you know because I think they look you the diagnosis of young boys and young girls is very different in and just our upbringing and, and societal expectations these are character traits that are that I've then just assigned to myself so I think when I got the diagnosis and recognizing like, oh, this is interesting. Maybe I wasn't a chatty Kathy. Maybe I just had ADHD. And that kind of, it was strange. Like I love talking with people. I'm a very like, I'm a people person, but I think removing that character trait from myself as, and recognizing, oh, this is just how my brain works was something that was really impactful for me. I, I think feeling that your brain is, is um, that it, it's okay. <laughs> the way that it functions um, and that there are tools and there are other people. And so when you do ask for those things like, hey, like the way I structure my day is not strange or abnormal. In fact, it's totally normal for the way that my brain works and operates. And it's a massive superpower in a lot of other ways. Um, You know, I, I think it's what ultimately... And I look back on my life, it's like, well, no, duh, Rachel. Like, I, I graduated a year early from college. And it's people be like, oh, you're so smart. And it's like, no, it's because I didn't want to do things I didn't want to do. Like, I found shortcuts, which is a very, like, <laughs> ADHD brain. <laughs> it's like, that's not bringing me joy. That's not exciting. How do I get out of that quickly as possible? Yeah. Um, like, you mentioned the word superpower. Like, are there yeah. any other superpowers you want to talk about? Yeah. Um, so I definitely think my capacity to to try new things. Like I am so much more, my, I have a, I have an openness to experiment. I'm far more scientific in that way. Right. It's like, I think a lot of, I think growing up, I thought I hated math. Um, you know, that's another character trait that I was given as a kid. Like you hate math, you don't like it. And I was like, all right, I hate math forever. Turns out like, I love math. I love, um, (laughs) I love, I'm an Excel freak. I'm a freak in the sheets and Excel. (laughs) never heard that love it yeah freak in the excel sheets um i i'm so obsessed with it because it is this kind of game the way that i build my life has always been gamified i gamify most things i gamify cleaning my room i've gamify um how i cook meals it's always there's some little game that i've developed or built and i think it makes 
um, working with me more fun, right? The way that I inter- interact with team members, the way that I lead and manage teams is different. I, I think the other thing that I, I would say with, that I love about my ADHD is that I can hyper-focus. I can put in a, the energy and uh, effort to be super attentive. Like I will start a project and then I'll look up and it's been like four hours later and I'm like, what happened? Where did that go? Totally (laughs) just in my brain. Um, and that, and I think that's really cool too. Um, that, that I can, if I put my, if I set my mind to it, if it's something that is new and exciting and brings me joy, um, that I'm able to, I'm able to tap into. And I don't think a lot of people are able to do that. Yeah, definitely great. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. You talked a lot about being in more open communication with your managers Mm -hmm. and like setting boundaries and like asking for what you need, like, you know, breaking things down into manageable tasks. What would you say to our listeners in terms of, um, you know, how to kind of have the courage to talk to your manager and Mm. What are the ways that people can learn how to self-advocate in that way? Yeah. So I definitely think in order to self-advocate and, like, talk to your manager, like, the first step is to understand, like, what are your needs? So I think really nailing down, like, what do I need to be successful um, and – leaning into that feeling of like, if I don't have this, if I don't do this, then I can't be productive or successful. And I want to be productive and successful. And then I think too, is like, if you don't already have regular touch bases with your manager, whether that's like a weekly one-on-one or a monthly, like let's like uh, uh, reflection time. Um, If your manager isn't already doing that with you, like set that up with them. Um, make sure you have that that constant connection with them. And it doesn't have to be micromanaging, honestly. Like my one-on-ones, the first 10 to 15 minutes, I want to talk about like what I did that weekend or what they did that weekend. Like we need to like just establish a sense of who I am as a person, like outside of work. <laughs> so that when I start talking about work they see me as a person and not as a cog in the machine. Practice asking for it and ask for it in the same way you'd ask for like access to like a file or a resource. I think that's great advice. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being here and having this conversation with me, Rachel. Yeah. I mean, this was really great. I'm super, it was super fun to kind of even just reflect uh, in, in the moment as to what what works and nice reminder for myself. So I appreciate the the time and the questions um, and giving me that opportunity to, to even just reflect with myself. It's, it's super, super cool. You've been listening to How'd You Get That Job from the Understood Podcast Network. This show is for you. So we want to make sure you're getting what you need. Email us at thatjob@understood.org with your thoughts about the show. Or maybe you'd like to tell us how you got that job. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to learn more about the topics we covered today, check out the show notes for this episode. We include more resources as well as links to anything we mentioned in the episode. Also, one of our goals at Understood is to help change the workplace so everyone can thrive. Check out what we're up to at u.org slash workplace. That's the letter u.org slash workplace. Understood.org is a resource dedicated to help people who learn and think differently discover their potential and thrive. Learn more at understood.org slash mission. How'd You Get That Job is produced by Margie DeSantis and edited by Mary Mathis. Brianna Berry is our production director. Our theme music was written by Justin D. Wright, who also mixes the show. For the Understood Podcast Network, Laura Key is our editorial director. 
Scott Cashier is our creative director, and Seth Melknick is our executive producer. And I'm your host, Eleni Mathieu. Thank you for listening. <laughs>